Sonic underscore Gino. We are back. It's Fleeties. We took a week off. Uh, I don't even remember why, but we took a week off. We had a bunch of football to talk about last time. I don't remember what else I had to do. Something came up, Gino, but we're back, and I've been watching Poor kids wrestling. Are just as bright and just as talented as white kids. Thank you, Ricardo. Gino, do you still watch wrestling? Hell yeah, man, this entire week, the past two weeks have just been amazing wrestling, both Impact, AEW, WWE even has gotten so much better with the whole Triple H, Stephanie in charge. Nick Khan's just probably doing all business stuff, trying to sell this if he can, while we're trying to make it better, which I'm just really excited to see where all this is going, man. It's These fucking camera cuts, you know, it's the worst show I've ever seen. No, yeah, WWE has been fantastic. Uh, does that still bother you? Or does the camera cuts bother you? I'm noticing it less because there actually is good wrestling now. I think the real big reasons we had matches that were always like rematches of matches we've already seen. So it wasn't always anything different. So when I could see a match that I already know what's happening, that's what like the camera cuts I could notice. I'm just like, oh, it's more and more ups- like it's it obscures my vision. I just can't pay attention to the match. You're just but fake. This past Monday, no. I loved. That's just fake wrestling fan stuff. That's message board. Like I need to hate something about it. Like I gotta hate something. So yeah, I I knew it. I I know you, Gino. I know that people don't actually even give a shit about camera cuts. Like that's such a like. Oh, what does the internet say? Oh, the camera cuts. I'm gonna count the camera cuts. There's people that sit there with a stopwatch when they're watching Raw and they're like, three minute match, stupid. How are you gonna tell a story in three minutes? Like. There's people that watch wrestling like they're angry all the time. Uh, so, yes, we did take some time off. Uh, Kevin isn't as happy with the product as I am. Obviously, Friday, there was a huge return. Karrion Cross, remember him? He's back. Uh, tonight, or not tonight, last night, I watched Raw today. Um, there was a little tease that a certain Dexter Loomis might be back in the WWE. So, this era of Triple H has everybody so excited that I think even, like, No offense, jaded wrestling fans like you, Gino, are kind of more optimistic than you've been uh, in a very long time. Not just with those returns. Like that thing with Monday Night Raw, we actually had a match. I was surprised how good it was. That was Dolph Ziggler Chad Game. I was like, this is two amateur wrestling guys giving us basically either both an amateur wrestling match, but also kind of like an independent match. It felt like it felt different than what we've had in a while. And it was a really great wrestling match we had. I, wa- I want to yell at you for, for saying things like that. It felt like an independent match because I've watched so many shitty independent matches. I think I'm going to TSW Plus this Saturday night in Irving, Texas. So, like, I know what an independent match is. So, maybe you don't mean it like that. Maybe you mean it like, no, it felt like a really good in-ring spectacle with little storyline. And it was just a good match. Like, maybe that's what you mean. But, like, an independent match could mean, like, I watched Carlito losing four minutes to Bloodhunter. And then Bloodhunter busted the referee wide open. And he almost bled out and died. Oh, my gosh. Independent wrestling is gross, you know. But, yeah, that like, I, I don't know. That's, that, that, that's a... That's just a Gino thing to say. Like, it felt like an indie match. Like, the indies put out a lot of bad shit. So, it's kind of hard to go, like, it's indie. Uh, but I thought Raw was fantastic. I I still think what the show suffers from, and maybe I fast-forwarded or missed it, but there just needs to be a big gold belt on that show somewhere. Like, somewhere on Raw, you need a world title. Like, when I watch AEW, it, it's, it needs – one of the issues when Hangman was champion or even when – Mox was champion the first time, you would almost forget that they were the main figurehead on the show. Like, they were the most important thing. Should be that world title. Like, when you watch Impact, you know who the world fucking champion is. Like, I feel like with a lot of these other companies, they're kind of missing that mark. Uh, 
and with Raw not even having like Roman Reigns not being there at all, not even being mentioned, it does almost like the show ended with AJ just kind of like woo, like that's how the show ended at least on Hulu Raw. So I don't know. It's just don't don't mean if I'm Triple H, are you aren't you bringing a belt to the show eventually? Well, I mean, what we have right now and what they are trying to do because of this issue with Roman Reigns not working full-time anymore is we're making our mid-card titles more prestigious like we need to. We have packages all about the U.S. title. We have a U.S. title match that we set up last week with two triple threat matches to make it seem like, yes, is a number one contender. And we have our number one contender actually have a really good backstory of why he deserves to have this match and gets this big moment, has this amazing contest with Bobby Lashley. I, you, so this makes it feel special. You're cracking a little bit. You're popping. I'm not sure if that's on my end or what's happening there. I don't know if something's loose over there. Uh, but I, I I do agree. Like that That's a great call out that the United States Championship, especially with Bobby being the champion and Ciampa putting on such a great match. And, and Triple H, if you're listening, Tommaso Ciampa, can we fix some things? Like some things, his return should have signaled like some things are going to get fixed. His name's going to be Tommaso Ciampa. His name's going to be Austin Theory. Like, there's things that we, easy tweaks that we can make that Vince, like, oh, well, no one knows how to chant, you know, no one knows how to chant Adrian Neville. They'll know how to chant Neville. Like, some things that are so stupid. Like, it's not like we grew up not knowing how to chant. Stone Cold Steve Austin. Like, we didn't do that. We will, we can figure it out. So, yeah, I think we need to fix some of these things, uh, Gino. And hopefully we do. Like, that's the thing we're going to have to see, like, long-term. If maybe this whole Ciampa thing, especially because that match did really tease a certain somebody also coming back, especially with Corey Graves mentioning him a lot when a certain move was hit, or locked in, especially. So, like, we have teased that maybe Ciampa may change, and hopefully he'll become, like, a babyface or heel, and maybe he'll get his name back with a certain friend of his coming back, too. Did they say Gargano? Like, did they make reference that he's coming back? I saw... Does is the DIY is that a the Gargano escape? I saw Champa do that. Does he ever do that move? Or I thought that was a like that when I that was the main part in the match where I was like, why is he doing Gargano's finisher and why is he trying to do it on Lashley? Because it doesn't look like it hurts at all. That's the only thing. Like when he did do the Gargano escape and Corey Graves is on microphone talk, but this the Gargano escape DIY. He actually mentioned DIY. So it's like he. Corey, NXT guy, it's to speak about NXT tag team kids. legacy and possibly get this teasing it and also get the reports of there is another person from NXT who's in talks with coming back and Shawn Michaels is the guy talking to Gargano about it. So hopefully Gargano does get to come back and we get DIY back. Let's reconnect, Gino, because it clicks every time you're talking. So we're going to disconnect and we're going to reconnect because I don't know if that's coming through like when I was just talking to Zach, it was not doing that. So um, I'm assuming it's a, it's a Discord issue or something. But now Discord altogether seems to be crashing. So this is going to be fun to do this without Discord. We might have to go back to Zoom uh, just for the evening here if Discord is going to give out on us. So it looks like it's rebooting. So that's good news. So let's see. Oh, it made a sound. That's a good sound. So let's go back to Gino here. Let's give him a video call. Um, looks like we're already on a video call. Let's hang up. Now let's call him. Start video call. So, yeah, fascinating stuff. I, I I didn't hear him say Gargano specifically. I didn't hear him mention him specifically. Sonic Gino, the reconnection. How did it go? 
Hopefully this is going to fix it again. I have no idea why it all of a sudden crackles as this issue. Hopefully it's fixed now, but we'll see. Sounds good. Couple, We missed a couple hydrates from a cardio. Here's a sip. Mm. Another sip. Mm. So, yeah, Triple H back. Triple H at the helm seems to be doing wonders for this whole WWE thing. So, uh, really like that. I also did watch. Took me a while. I did watch Ric Flair's last match. So that was another thing that I think you were really excited for. Almost like more, you were more excited for that than SummerSlam. I don't know how real that is. Like, you know, let's do this first. Was SummerSlam different? Because I know it's like a joke because Steve said it and then Kevin shat on it. But what are your thoughts? How, how different was it? Like, was it, is it just a mental thing? Like, I feel like Vince could have put on that pay-per-view. I don't, I don't know what the different was. I think like the big difference, especially like now coming out of it, removed from it, and we find out this whole Bailey stable thing was something she pitched to Vince years ago, and now it's finally happening, is a real big thing that shows how different it is. But yes, if Vince was in charge, he might still be able to set up a show similar to this, but he might have just had Bailey and not give a fuck about Dakota and Io. But there have been other times where we've seen some people de- like this is we've had people debut before. It's not like we haven't. So. And and EO was still with the company, right? Or did she let her contract expire? That was like the thing that was up in the air because there was a chance that she was like being in talks with going back to stardom and be with Kyrie or staying with Derby. Like that's something we never knew about. She did tweet like saying those speculations are all untrue. Like and try to take the edge off like the idea like she's not under contract or she is. Like she didn't really talk about it or at least expressed specifically that she is or is not still under contract. So that was still up in the air. But Dakota Kai, yeah, we knew she got released. So that was a big deal. And then we finally getting EO on the main roster was a but big Ro- shock. That Rockstar Spud got released and he came back. Like, so people do get released and come back. Is that really the – Is and I don't mean to shit on this moment. You know what? I am going to shit on that moment. Was that moment that awesome? Like, why is – is it because I'm removed from it? But – when I watched that, I thought, oh, that's, you know, that's cool. But I did not think people would be talking about it like that was a huge moment in wrestling history. Like, people are treating that like it's the Hardy Boys return at WrestleMania. Like, it's, I, I think it's, for me, very forgettable. And, like, yeah, cool. They're on the main roster now. They're all back. There's a new stable of, of chicks. Uh, but I didn't think that it was wrestling so awesome because Dakota Kai came out. And that might be the case, and like that's why I do want to see where this is going, because to me, it feels like, and especially when you watch the show, most of the shows now, Raw and SmackDown, are just former NXT guys. Yeah, the roster's full of that, but like they're the main focus now. We have a whole stable of women, our NXT talents, and they're facing against three major NXT stars as well. That's what we have right now. It's just NXT taking over and filling up this show with amazing wrestling. Well, and that was always the plan. Like I remember that one time you told me, like, when Raquel and Bianca and then they were all standing there like they're all NXT women. It's like every woman on there is an NXT woman. Like Dana Brooke is an NXT woman. Like the, this whole, the whole reason behind NXT was to be that feeder system to the main roster. So, uh, and I didn't watch NXT 2.0 tonight. I don't know if now that Vince is gone, I don't know if triple H is going to be fixing that as well. I know that Tony D and our boy, uh, Santos, aren't they, don't they have a big match next week at, Heat wave or whatever. Yes, where if Santos wins, then Legado de Fantasma gets to be free from the family. But if Santos loses, he is 
Gotta be bad from NXT so we can go to the main roster, which hopefully that's the case. Yeah, hey, let's see. Let's get some more guys on this main roster. I think more guys coming back to WWE is great as well because I've said this before. It's so strange. Like, Miz and AJ Styles are just having a match, like, on Raw with no build. It, it Like, I know that Miz isn't, like, the WWE icon, but it's still, like, the, you can – frame that as a dream match like Miz could cut a promo about when I was main eventing Wrestlemania's all I had to hear about was how great AJ Styles and TNA was like you can set a whole rivalry up around those two guys being champions at similar times but no just have a random ass match on Raw no disqualification it's actually a rematch they had that match a couple weeks ago uh so and you know they're they're doing I like Raw. I, I did enjoy Raw. It was so different. It was just so different, right? I, I love that that's like the new word. It's different. Uh, SmackDown was different. Karrion Cross was there. Um, but I don't think that Dakota and EO Sky coming out, which I know Kevin hates that name change, and I know as a wrestling fan we're all supposed to hate name changes. I'm loving it, dude. EO Sky with the Y and the EO now makes way more sense because it was IO at first. Like It was Nexo.io first. Now it's EO Sky. Is this a name change you're behind? I'm behind it mainly because the story behind her character, whole Lost in the Sky and the Brit Empress of the Sky, like her whole character, Connect the Sky. So I was like, that makes sense to go with that and makes it easier for people to know how to pronounce EO because people, when they do see IO, they just see IO instead of EO. What's the so worst fun. name change? Is What's Marcel Bartel's name? Ludwig? That is a bad name change. Like, and, and I like the Gunther because it at least sounds foreign, like it sounds European. Walter, he could be from, you know, he could be from Schitt's Creek, Alabama with the name Walter. It's not like that's – Walter White is the most famous Walter on television, I think. So that's probably Walter White and then Walter the dummy from Jeff Dunham. Like there's other Walters in media. So I think switching his name to Gunther, uh, who's the other famous Gunthers in history? The dude from Friends? Like there's not – like, that's a great name for, like, and then when you pronounce it Gunther, it is like, oh, shit, this guy's a badass. He's from another country. He's Austrian. He's fucking sweet. Ludwig is terrible, though. Marcel Barthel was such a great name. Why did they change that name? That's a perfect name. Is there one, like, immediately off the top of your head that, like, sticks in your mind? Like, that's the worst one, easily. I do hate what, uh, what's his name? Fucking... Marcel Martel's partner, fucking Fabian Eichner. Oh, God. Fabian Eichner's new right. name, Vinny Vici. I was like, that's, no, we don't need that. With no Giovanna Vinci, that's his name. Giovanna Vinci, it's not a good name. I prefer fucking Fabian Eichner. It's such a better name. Well, because isn't he German, too? Like, his, like, Fabian Eichner sounded like he fit well with Imperium. It sounds more intimidating and more badass. Like, they're trying to make him, like, this smooth, suave Italian with like a Giovanni Vinci name and at, why what what is that like we don't we don't need that Fabian Eichner maybe because Eichner was spelled weird they were like no nah, people aren't gonna like that we need something easier to spell we need like something that people are gonna get behind nobody liked you as Fabian Eichner but he's a heel he's not supposed to be liked so that's a good call out the name change there terrible um but even Trying to think of a good, like, McMahon one where they... Malachi Black says he is Italian Vilides. Oh, then even worse. Now they made a more stereotypical Italian. Fabian Eichner is such a badass name. Giovanni Vinci sucks. Like, especially when you already have uh, Tony D'Angelo. You have kick-ass Italian on your show. Why do you need to have another version of that? Like, why do you need another, like, kick-ass Italian? We're already hitting our stereotype quotas. 
So, uh, and, what, and the name drops. Like, I remember thinking Adrian Neville was the worst name drop in history. Like, why would you go from Adrian Neville to just Neville? Because Neville, if we can talk about Harry Potter, was like the nerdy character in Harry Potter. So it's like, if you call him Adrian Neville, I know his name is Adrian. Like, that's his name. When you switch it to Neville, which is also a first name, now I'm wondering what his last name is. It just sounds like he's a nerd with one name. I always thought just Neville was stupid. Sometimes it works. Like Antonio Cesaro I thought was kind of stupid. Cesaro sounds cool. Uh, And then Rusev, Alexander Rusev. I think Rusev sounds cool, just singular. Neville was terrible. Neville was a terrible like name change, but and just dropping that name, but name change I've just accepted, realized this is actually really good. Was LA Knight to Max Dupree? Oh I god, like, this I grew on me, and I just accepted this is actually a really good name. Yeah, Perfect. that's a much better name Fitz, change. Fits yeah. <laughs> even uh, Fitz. Nathan in the chat. Pock is better than Neville. Honestly, yeah, I think that Neville's the worst name, and right because it just sounds like a kid. It sounds like a kid in the playground named Neville is having a match with Austin Aries. Like Austin Aries, great wrestling name. Alliterations that we, we love, double A or A double. Uh, like, uh, like that's a great wrestler name. Neville is not a main event wrestling name, especially when he was the king of the cruiserweights. Neville, like, it just sounded terrible. Make it something fake or intimidating. Like, what if Metallica's name was Neville? Like, no, it's not going to work. Uh, just Theory sucks. I agree with Spliffsaw in the chat. Like, yeah, Austin Theory is a – because even Theory is a word. It's not really a name. So when his name is Austin Theory, and then I heard him a few times, they talked about the Austin Theory. They put the the in front of him, kind of like the Austin star. Like, I, you can kind of – okay, I see how they're using that name. Now that he's Theory, like, it doesn't sound – like a fighter, like a wrestler, it sounds like a mistake. So that's that's a terrible name drop. Uh, but I think EO Sky, great name change. Uh, and I really like I, – I like uh, – first of all, so I like that moment. I agree. I thought that was a good moment. But I didn't know that was going to be the one thing. Like I thought the tractor at SummerSlam was, was a really cool addition. I thought that match was really good. Um, I thought there were some great things at SummerSlam. So it's weird that when people are talking about SummerSlam was so memorable – it was because Bailey and two chicks walked out. Well, I mean, that's because, like, again, we now know this is a pitch that was made years ago that Vince just completely again. I didn't know so that. This showed us <laughs> it was completely different. Yeah, there was reports about this that this was a pitch Bailey made that Vince just shot down. So again, this shows that Triple H listens to wrestlers who actually have good ideas to bring people up, and that this was just an immediate thing that Triple H wanted to do that day to set this up that they didn't know ahead of time. Nobody knew, but Vince. I mean, but Triple H. Yeah. This is a big moment. And, like, WWE has been different. Because especially last night, if you were paying attention, like, if it was on the Hulu Raw, the segments where we had, like, backstage in the parking lot, we had a car crash. Then later we see the car being towed and the security guards running backstage to the front of the camera. We don't know what's going on. Then we find out it being Dexter Loomis trying to crash the show and take over and possibly attack AJ or somebody. We don't know what his deal is. Like, we had, like, an overarching story that was just subtle storytelling like we used to have, where if you paid attention, you are smart enough, and you actually kind of feel like you were vindicated for watching the show and actually paid attention. You liked the show. 
Yeah, that, that's gave you something to that's one thing that we were talking about at work was like even with SmackDown, it feels like things are blending into each other. So you have to watch the whole thing. You have to watch. Like if you turn away, you're gonna miss something, and that's what the show's been missing for so long. And I, like one thing that they, you know, when they would do the Cody countdown, or even the last, remember Lashley was gonna beat MVP for the title that night. They made that whole episode of Raw like, I can't leave because I thought Lashley was going to get the title match now. Turns out it's going to be in an hour, and then it's going to be in another hour. Like, they just kept – the whole show was, like, revolving around this one thing, so you had to stick around to see how it was going to all end. But other than those episodes that were few and far between, it was really monotonous to just continue to watch, like – Last week on Raw, this happened. Now we're going to deal with these characters. Last week on Raw, this happened. Now we're going to deal with these characters. Earlier tonight, this happened. Here's a little follow-up. Here's what happened last week. Here's a match. Like This show is now weaving together in a way where, yeah, you want to sit there and watch it. They show a promo package. I forget what it was for. I think it was like they showed me a really lengthy Judgment Day package, and I thought, what the fuck is this? And then they cut to like a Seth Rollins match, and I was like, oh. Okay, and then they went to Judgment Day later on in the show. So it was like this, like okay, we're not just doing you know, because like we can do that with you know we were all kids at one point. Like I have my ten wrestling toys. These two guys are in the main event of the show. These two guys are going to open the show. I need to find a space for every wrestling figure on the show. How do I make it all work? Not ever thinking I'm going to have this wrestling toy in the opening segment, and then in this segment, and then in the main event, like. It's they're trying to just plug and play as they go. This actually feels like there's some ideas behind the booking, which maybe that's why there's it's different. Now that main event was just pieced together, though. It was pieced together, but it made sense with the story that they were going. At, even in the Champa match where we did, yeah, we had a beat down, which then led to a match, which I thought that made sense. It was fine, and it was a really good main event, no DQ match, and then us getting the shots, and thankfully, again, they were smart with on the actual TV feed not really showing us it's Dexter Loomis. But then on YouTube, because they don't like being subtle, then putting even in the title, Dexter Loomis crashes raw. So, in fact, saying that he was part of the car crash, directly saying it and admitting to it. So, like, it it sucks that YouTube can't be subtle, but their TV show could be subtle as hell. Well, if you're like me, you're definitely not even knowing about the YouTube shit. You're too busy with other stuff. Do you know, where's the cover letter? Do I need to create that channel in the Discord? I do need to actually like write the cover. I did apply to a place though that I just decided not to put a cover letter. They had put it right by resume. I did that. Didn't put a cover letter in. Hopefully that'll still be fine. They'll accept it and they'll actually read it. But we'll see. Where did okay, you apply? Places. Well, I applied to some place for like a call center work, which I thought like this could be easy remote work that I actually could just stay here and take like 40, 50 calls a day. I thought like this could be good. There you go. I make eighty outbound a day. Sometimes I only make forty. So. Yes, that's a great job. Do that. Sell some shit. Is it sales or is it like, what is it? I forget exactly what it is because I applied to it two days ago and I forgot to check up on that. My email hasn't come up with anything besides thank you for applying. So I'll double check and let you know what it was. <laughs> yes, we got to get that phone voice, Gino. We got to get you calling. This is Gino from the whole fucking show. How are you today? Uh, I was just checking in. I heard that you listen to podcasts. Why aren't you listening to this one? So, good questions all around. Gino, Ric Flair's last match. Now, this was an Impact Wrestling pay-per-view that had some other guys on it. Um, what a show, though. I skipped some of it, TBH. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a Ric Flair fan. I'm a Josh Alexander fan. There was some other, the Motor City Machine Guns fan. 
there were some matches I just was not interested in on that card, and that's there's nothing they could have done to have made me you know want to watch some of those matches. But uh, I thought it was a fun show all in all. I know that it's you know over a week old, but for those who hadn't seen it, Ric Flair had his last match. It was uh, in Nashville. The, the crowd was lively. Dude, Undertaker was there. Like I thought that was really cool. Like seeing Undertaker out of character there. They had some, and that's why SummerSlam was so different. Was we had Undertaker at a non WWE event. Uh, dude, what a fucking great, uh, what a great show. I thought it was really enjoyable, especially again one thing I loved, and yeah, I know maybe you didn't watch was the pre-show we had this big GCW takeover because Nick gave. I watched it. I watched it, Gino. Don't worry. I long live GCW. It was a great moment. Like that's like Nick Gage said, like he's going to take over. He's like going to run in and have this big moment. And he brought in all these great guys for G7. We had that big moment where Mancer got a big W. So he's prepared for his AEW match, which he got weeks later. It's like he at least got to show people off like who Mance Warner is because maybe nobody knew Mance Warner at the time. And thankfully they do now. After that and after Rampage, they got to see just how great Mance Warner, the wrestlers. And we had like, again, great matches, great tag team matches. Black Taru saved Bandito from almost dying from a botch, which I liked. Cause I didn't watch that. Black Taru is a hero. Because, yeah, Bandito tried to go for suicide dive with Black Taru, and Bandito's head almost fucking landed right onto the fucking carpet or whatever, the ground. But Black Taru was holding him the entire time, and then he took a uh, Canadian Destroyer from that position. So, again, Black Taru saved himself, and then took a big bump just for that, just mm-hmm. to save Bandito. Great match. Bully Ray and looked awesome, had, by the way. That was that was one thing that I thought was like really overlooked was how come Bully Ray is not wrestling somewhere full time? He must be really happy doing Busted Open and just kind of being a, an analyst at this point. Like he is the retired football player. He's no longer interested in playing the game. He likes being able to watch other people do it. You know, he he talks about Raw. Tyler Spina says Darian loves Gino. Darian, you're getting or you're, you're loving Gino. Gino, Darian loves you. Okay, he liked me earlier. Now he loves you and your wrestling opinions. Uh, but. Yeah, I thought Bully Ray looked incredible. He's in really good shape. And, dude, like, where, where that appearance, does that lead to, hey, you know what, GCW is going to do some more work with Bully Ray? I would love that. I would love if Bully Ray shows up at GCW because we do have this new shit, like these events coming up, and one of them, we're going to have Ernest and Cap Miller being there. So I'm looking forward to seeing if maybe some other people are going to show up with Ernest and if Ernest is actually going to wrestle. It's going to be exciting. I think Bully Ray looked awesome. I think if he wants to keep wrestling, I think it's a great idea. Uh, Devon, if he wants to get out of shape and just work in the office, that's his prerogative. But Bully Ray, we could still use that character. The character is going to make more sense the more woke everything gets. You just bring out a big bully asshole. I mean, that'll get heat, dude. That's what we need. So, big fan of that. Uh, I, was that the pre? So that was the only pre-show match, then, right? I believe that was the only. No, there was the. Uh njpw match where you or uh more had a match but again that was not that important for you that you would care. i don't even see it really yeah I'm, I'm looking at a bleacher report list i don't even see that on here so i remember watching the battle like, royal told me it was pretty sure some guy yeah. there was some singles match that a friend of mine said like uh, i think it was trash told me it was on the pre-show earlier on like the first match but i guess it wasn't on the actual fight fee for all maybe it was because so i did just watch a four-hour file of it and i just kind of fast forwarded around and so during the bunkhouse battle royal they did say like the show starts in 20 minutes so i thought i thought this was the show so uh yes this was pre-show but then dude machine guns versus the wolves uh eddie edwards sucks i like i i was very excited for this match 
because I like Davy Richards. I like the Motor City Machine Guns. Eddie Edwards, I don't like anymore, but at least he's with Davy Richards, which is like my favorite version of Eddie Edwards. And Eddie Edwards did his best to drag this match down. Uh, and it just kind of ended. I know that this was like an indie show, so there's not really a bunch of storytelling that's going to be happening here. But it just sort of ended, didn't it? And the guns just sort of won and kind of an easy pinfall. I don't, I don't know. I mean, it kind of did just end, but I do feel like maybe it was like having to rush for a little bit of time. So like they had to get to a finish that made sense. So hitting the classics and doing the actual real finish of the motor machine guns with the big win. I thought perfect. I thought like it was a good match. First opening match, the actual opening show match. I was like, this made sense. It was good, quick match. Motor machine guns winning like they should. Because Eddie Edwards is a loser. Well, yeah, and they're not even a tag team full time. So this like helps the guns. Uh, like this helps the guns more than it would help the wolves. It was cool to see the wolves back together, even in like a non kayfabe world, which was also kind of interesting with with this whole event because there was some kayfabe later on. Like it, you know, they Impact did a really good job at not letting too much kayfabe happen on this card, but we did get kayfabe later on with Matt Cardona. So that part was a little strange to me. Like, why are we, like, are we in kayfabe or are we not? Scott Tamore came out during this match and did a great job on commentary. The commentary I thought was actually pretty good for this. I, I'm hearing mixed reviews from people that nobody liked the the commentary, but uh, I thought it was great. I thought Tony Schiavone did a good job. This might be my favorite Tony performance in his career. I think it was a really good Tony performance, especially because there were so many other people besides him and David. We had Ian Riccoboni at one point. We had all these different commentators. Well, Tom Hannafin for the Knockouts title match, which was really good. Seeing the contrast of everyone else who does a great job in their perspective companies in their commentary field. I thought it was a really good show for the commentary teams. I So the Harry Smith match, I watched a little bit of it. I was getting bored, though, and I, I just decided – this has no repercussions, so I just kind of fast-forwarded through this one. Uh, Harry Smith looks good. I mean, you know, it kind of makes you wonder why he, why it didn't work for him in WWE. It just seems like such an obvious make him wear British Bulldog shit and come out with a dog. People are going to love that. And it just never worked out for him. Uh, and maybe there's a chance now with Triple H back in power, but uh, this match was pretty boring. <laughs> so I just fast-forwarded. I just thought, like, I got it. Karrion Cross, I got it. He's going to win. Why would Harry Smith win? So I just kind of fast-forwarded to, yeah, Karrion Cross won the match. Uh, did you watch this one? I did watch this one. I was hopeful for this match because I was like, these are two really good wrestlers. Harry Smith is great in MLW and like the indie scene he's been working. And Karrion Cross basically is like trying to run roughshod, take over this indie scene, working everywhere he can. It's like Killer Cross having this big win. I was like, this was something that was going to matter. And now he's in WWE, so now it doesn't matter to MLW. We just had Harry Smith lose. So I thought that was a good thing for Karrion Cross to get a big win. You pour the milk before the cereal? I pour the cereal before the milk. Okay, good. I was so nervous. Tyler Spider or Darian wrote in the chat, never trust a man who pours the milk before the cereal. And I was like, what? Like, that's this is anarchy. I didn't know that that was a thing that people even tried to do. Um, I didn't watch the Fatal 4-Way. I like Takeshita. I like Alan Angels, not a Gresham guy, not a Nick Wayne guy. You probably love this match. This is a Geno match if I've ever heard one. A fatal four-way with nothing on the line between four guys that I don't like? That sounds like your match. Nick Wayne, as I feel, is the future of pro wrestling. Nick Wayne is an amazing wrestler. And being the son of Buddy Wayne, which Buddy Wayne also trained the amazing sports analyst that is Brian Alvarez, everyone's favorite. 
because no one likes Uncle Dave. They prefer Brian, who's actually going to be coming back to the ring one more time. I'm excited for that. Him fighting Tom Lawler. That's beside the point. Him fighting his buddy. We were gonna have we had Nick Wayne have this big match and yeah, Allen Angels, but Jonathan Gresham had to get his big moment back to have that momentum and possibly keep him going and not just be done with wrestling for good. So Judd Josh Alexander I not Josh Alexander. Jonathan Gresham had to have this big win and be able to prove why he should still be wrestling. Is that a rumor? Was he gonna retire? But like he like kinda deleted his Twitter account like was saying like after this year after he finished what he was doing, he was going to stop because he even stopped the entire promotion of Terminus that he made here in Atlanta, which I was sad about. Wow. I didn't know all that. I didn't know he was going to be uh, – I mean, I'm not, no offense. I'm not going to miss him. I mean, you know, he's had some matches. and He's had matches, but uh, that's bizarre. I didn't know that, hey, I lost a belt. I'm fucking retiring. I'm done with this shit. I did not watch this Brian Pillman-Brock Anderson tag match. No interest in that. We didn't even talk about that. Um, you have no interest in the new four horsemen, goddamn it! You don't care about the horsemen. That's nah, true. horsemen suck, dude. WWE for life. Uh, Ray Phoenix, Bandito, Black Taru, and uh, Ray Phoenix. Right? This list doesn't have uh, Ray Phoenix, Bandito, Black Taru, Laredo Kid. Okay, there we go. I was like, this list says three people, and I'm looking at a picture of four people. This was like the AAA Lucha Libre match. Um, I watched like the entrances, and then the match started, and then I just knew. Nah, this wasn't for me. I, there was another fi- two fatal four ways in one card. You know what is this? WWE. This is to give everyone all these amazing moments and spots, especially with the AAA match, having people like Laredo Kid, who is an amazing high flyer, as well as Ray Phoenix, and having Bandito, who's a really good wrestler, but having Black True, who is just a mixture of everything that professional wrestling is, and is the best of all four of them. But he, of course, doesn't win because AEW has to win. Oh, yeah, I forget Ray Phoenix works at AEW. Black Taru sucks. Yeah, I know you like him, but he's not good. Like He saved a guy's ass. He also has bad matches on Impact. So I'm glad that Ray Phoenix won. Former Impact superstar, by the way. So let's not pretend that he didn't pay his dues in Impact Wrestling. Uh, but then the Impact World Champion, Josh Alexander, Jacob Fatu, my main event. I forgot this was Ric Flair's last match when this match started. I was so excited for this match. What the fuck, Gino? Why did Matt Cardona... Malachi Black says, who the fuck are these bums? Matt Cardona and Brian Myers had the balls to interrupt this match. Like, I don't... What it... Why? It's because we had to have this big mower. Matt Cardona, he's finally cleared. He's back. He's going to do all this shit again and be world champion. Be the belt collector again. But sadly, he gets beaten up a little bit. But I was just hopeful that since we're doing all of this, maybe, just maybe since I think he'd be there in Nashville to help his friend, even though he's not his friend technically because he's Contra, we could have Mads Kruger save Jacob. Why? No, no that Mads wouldn't didn't show up. It wouldn't make sense. They just had like a war. It needs to be kayfing. Just <laughs> have Mads just Kruger back because I love Mads Kruger. But Mads Kruger's the best. Mads Kruger should have came out with Matt Cardona. Like that might have made more sense. But there's no reason why Matt Cardona and Jacob Fatu just had like a what was that Jungle War? What they call that match? Like yeah, they're weapons of mass destruction. Yeah, reason. there's there's definitely no way they're teaming up at any any time soon. Um, and is smart Mark Sterling is he hanging out with Zach Ry- or uh, Matt Cardona often? Like that also felt random. Like why is he here? They've been on that. The whole major figure podcast is Brian Myers, Macadona, and Smart Mark Sterling. All Split three of them. Swa says bunch of overall 68s. Oh, I didn't know. No, they're 80s. 
<laughs> a bunch of overalls, 68. That's classic. Smart Mark Sterling is for sure a 68. Brian Myers is at 70. least. Brian Myers is. Brian, he's 90, a, he, 90, I was going to say he's a 90. Matt Cardona is an 80. Um, 89. No, Matt Cardona. You know what? He might be a 68. Brian Myers is the most professional wrestler. Like, Matt Cardona's not. So, but I'm, Matt Cardona's the closest friend to the most professional wrestler. So he's learned a lot. So he should get his rating boosted up. Not close to 90, but like 85, 86. He's lower than yes, Zicky Dice. Zicky Dice was at least under the learning tree. Matt Cardona wasn't. Uh, so, Smart Mark, I didn't know. I, I don't listen to that major. How's that podcast? Good podcast? I've always like kind of enjoyed their stuff, especially the content creation they've been doing, like having like going to halls and like buying toy and collectors, like and knowing the history of these toys, some of them. Like it's very interesting, like when you really see like the I LGN and all the other like toy companies that have come and gone and how much these toys actually go for nowadays. It's weird. It's I think one really time when I had the flu, I watched a a bunch of those, they were on the network at the time, the WWE network, when they would go to stores and buy toys. And I, lo those were pretty funny to watch those videos, to watch two grown men go into Come a toy on, store. catch the buzz, feel the sting. Oh, thank you, Spliff Swa. I appreciate the fireball, my friend. Yeah, uh, to them going to the store, and Zack Ryder at one point was like, do you guys have, like, like a cart? And the guy was like, no, this is a toy store. He wanted, like, a grocery cart for the toy store. He was buying so much shit. So those were fun. Uh, I just didn't know their podcast was like still going around. I didn't know that you were like smart marks on the podcast with them. Like I never even knew that. What's your big addiction right now for wrestling podcasts? What, what do you, are you, are you still, do you still listen to all of them by the way? Like what's like your go-to like Wednesday drops. I'm listening to Renee. Did she drop on Wednesdays? Like walk me through your podcast listening routine. The big one I've actually been listening to now, just because like I'm a fan of these guys, as like the content creators they are, just like how what they've been able to do with their own real independent wrestling promotion, has been Deadlock DPW. It's Tony Pizza Guy, uh, CM Pulse, and Johnny from New Legacy Inc. And they have their own actual wrestling promotion that they run stuff in like North Carolina. So they have their own independent promotion where a lot of guys show up there. JTG's been there. Kid Bandit's on there every single time. It's like it's an amazing independent promotion. I've watched almost every event of theirs, and they just had one this last Saturday. I'm excited when it does drop on actual pay per view to watch. Fascinating. So, so you like so yeah, like that's that's not what I thought you were gonna say at all. But that's like when when that drops, you're immediately like gotta listen to that because I don't know if I have that anymore. I love listening to Kevin and Tyla. Uh, but there's never like like I I listened to Steven Larson that was last year right or two years ago I think I had listened to them for a little bit uh, I gave up on them because it was all I mean good God they just could not stop being the most liberal pieces of shit like just the most condescending like no we're correct no matter what so like I listened to like them for like a month and I was like I think I could like this because they broke down Impact and nobody else did. Um, and then I gave up on them immediately. You know, remember when they remember when they were like, Tommy Dreamer needs to educate himself. Wasn't that disgusting? It was kind of disgusting, but you know, Tommy Dreamer has educated himself. He has his own podcast, and he actually did have an interview with what his name was in the indie scene right at the end before he gets signed back to AB Hatchet. Now Sam Shaw, Dexter Loomis. He actually just had a discussion with him like the other week, and I did listen next. I was very interested in seeing what they were going to discuss and if. Hatcher was going to stay in character if he did talk, and we actually had a whole discussion with Dexter Loomis talking, which I thought was really nice. Well, also, was he in character? He's out of character, right? He was out of character fully. He actually did discuss and actually talk with 
dreamer about stuff that he asked about. It, it was very interesting knowing about Sam Shaw's past. Did they talk about the greatest storyline of his career with Gunner? I did not get to that point because like, I was getting to like early parts of his life, like what got him into wrestling, like him training, and I kind of paused that for a minute because I was in the middle of something else, and I didn't get a chance to continue. What, so what were I you in the middle of? Later. I got some stuff going on. Don't worry about it. It's personal things happening. Things go on. Like Time what? What's here. happening? Don't worry. Everything's fine. I got made sure everything's good. But, yeah, I, but you got I get busy stuff. sometimes. You got busy. Yes. You know the word busy. You, you know the life. word busy comes from business. Yes. TWFS says hard workout tonight since you skipped it last week. P.S. Gino has nothing happening. Gino has something happening. Okay, don't worry about Sonic underscore Gino. He's got something. What was it though? See, that's thing you don't need to know. No one needs to know this person. You're just lying to my face. Everything's private. You're lying to me. I'm not lying to anybody. I don't gotta tell you guys anything. It's stuff happening around the family. You know, personal things around the family, but everything's good. What is so personal? You just tell me. Yeah, it's just some stuff, you know. Some stuff happened. We need to discuss some little bit of an argument that happened, but everything's good. Between whom? You and stepdad? My family. You and step yeah. stepdad? He seems like a good dude. I think if you he opened is. up to him and just let him know what's going on in your head. And by the way, there's too much going on up there, Gino. You just gotta let. You gotta break free. Uh, Gino, you're you're gonna be fine. I know, and that's the thing. That's why I am like getting back to is like actually having proper conversations and not just stuff like what we're doing to have actual socialization. I think that is something that does and will help me. Better. Can't believe and the I Von Erichs job to the Briscoes. I thought the thought the Briscoes were on there putting everybody over tour. Why the fuck would the Von Erichs have to lose to these guys? Everybody's beating the Briscoes. Why not give the Von Erichs the big W here? Because the Von Erichs are an amazing family that don't mind doing the job for a tag team that knows that this could be their match because I think this might be the best Von Erichs match with the Briscoes. Oh, that's you obviously didn't watch that chain match they had with Kevin Koo and Dominic Guarini, the crippler of Canton, Ohio. Uh, the ropes were replaced by chains. Even my dad watched that match. He thought it was awesome. Tom Lawler should have been involved more in that match. He was involved. You don't remember. He okay. should have been in the match. He was in a lot of ways. You need to go back and watch MLW. He was not officially in the match. Knockout championship match. Pinfall. Jordan Grace, uh, Deanna Parazzo looking like a snack. Uh, Rachel Ellering, your favorite. You think she's hot, right? You're a Rachel Ellering guy? She's really attractive and she's really good in the ring. I was surprised that this match went on as long as it did. They gave them some time and actually ended up being a really good match. Why? What do you mean? What do you mean you're surprised? Again, I thought like with an independent show like this, especially with how close we were to the Ric Flair last match, I was like, we might give the Ric Flair match like 30 minutes. And I thought it was going to be an exciting match. It was close to. I was surprised how close 30 minutes it was. I thought it was so like thought, an okay. hour. I was I was shocked by how long that match was. It was such a good match. And like I was surprised. Like I was like, okay, we might they might cut this. This might be the match they'll cut, have it be a little bit shorter just to get to that main event. But no, they actually gave these knockouts a good bit of time. Deanna looked like she was going to win, but because it was for the knockouts title, we knew Deanna was not winning because we have to have Mia Yim with a challenge for the title. And it has to be Jordan Grace because that's the promo. for. Yeah, that's kind of what we're building towards. It did feel weird that they had a t like a title match on this show and they had Deanna in it because those who watch Impact knew, like, no, this isn't – they're not switching belts here. We're building towards Yim and, and Grace. Like, let's that's announced for the premium live event. Like, we're not going to switch it here. Uh, and Deanna would then have to do double duty. I don't think they would do that to Deanna because she has the tag team title match with uh, – 
as vexed versus the fucking decay. Yeah, like there's too many. Yeah, like for those who watch it, the hardcore hardcores like us, we already knew what was gonna happen. Uh, yeah, Gino, that's a good question. What other podcast do you listen to where the host goes? You guys don't need to know anything about me at all. Now, here's what I think. Gino, we're trying to get an insight as to who's giving their opinions on wrestling. So when we say, like, when you say I was busy, so I didn't get to finish something, and then we go, what were you busy with? And you go, don't worry about it. Like, we have no idea if we should trust you or hear your next thought. I guess that's a good a good question. That's something I will keep in mind. I will be more open and honest with you guys in the future. So I do apologize. There we go. Nice YouTube apology right there for everybody. But what was the argument about? Was it about? Gino, don't get a job, all right? You don't need a job. Don't listen to me and Nathan. You need to watch more wrestling. You need to just stay there. You need to watch. Did you even listen to Renee Paquette this week? I was not interested in her or even the out of character fucking Ryan Sand shit like I used to. You they need to watch. You, you, come on. You got to watch those things, dude. Come, the, that, that's what you love. I enjoy more actual pro wrestling. That, that's when I saw good wrestling this past week on Raw, like last night on Raw and SmackDown had good wrestling. We actually just have good professional wrestling. I'm like, I don't need to hear people talk about their past. I can just talk about the present and the future of pro wrestling like we had with Dolph Spliff Swa says, I used to fuck petite goth hoes in scenes. Is that what you did, Gino? I not Like, some were petite, but not all of them were petite girls. I'd say they were not all goths. Like, few to come in were goths, but not all. Have you ever had sex with a woman that looked like a potato? Like, shaped like a potato? <laughs> yeah. Um... One was close to the potato shape, yeah. Gino, tag team match. Ric Flair, Andrade versus Jarrett and Lethal. Karen Jarrett's lip fillers kind of settled. She looked hot again, okay? When Kevin showed that picture, that video of her, she looked so fucking terrible. It was so scary. I thought her face was made of potatoes. She looked like Mr. Potato Head from Toy Story 3 when he put his pieces on the tortilla and he had to walk around as a tortilla. It was disgusting. Then, during this match, she was so hot. This match was so great. Karen Jarrett looked amazing, Gino. Did you ever do a scene with with a woman that looked like Karen Jarrett? Not someone who looked like Karen Jarrett, no, but like this match was exciting to me. Jeff Jarrett is the greatest of all time. I feel he's almost there. He should have, because with a match like Jeff Jarrett, he should have tried to rebook the finish, have him get over. That's what it should have been. Jeff Jarrett should have won Ric Flair's last match. But this was a great match. Ric Flair faking the heart attack. And apparently some reports say he passed out from dehydration during the match too. So like I'm interested like when those spots were he passed out. So we could see where this... Like I was surprised how long the match went and that Ric Flair was able to go that long. But having Jeff Jarrett there being the best heel in the business is great. Biggest yeah. heel in Nashville. Is that what you got from this match? I got that Andrade should be the WWE Undisputed World Heavyweight and Universal Champion. Like He came out wearing undies, which I thought, dude, your thighs are incredible. Why do you wear pants all the time, you fucking idiot? And th- th- this, you know that's definitely Flair, right? Remember, Flair is the one who told Orton, look at the legends. Look what they're wearing. You don't want to wear these fucking biker sh- short bullshit things like you're Jeff Jarrett uh, or his old man. So Andrade came out dressed like a wrestler. He stole the show. Amazing performance. They're all asking him, like, hey, uh, Andrade, after having such a great match, do you question your booking in AEW? They put a microphone in front of him, and he's like, well, yeah, no shit. I should be the world champion somewhere, and I'm not even on the show half the time. Uh, This was fantastic. Jay Lethal did a great job as well. 
Isn't it weird that he's like he's 20 years into his career and he's just now hitting that spot. Like he's just now that main eventer, I feel. Like I know AEW he's ranked number 1 and it's confusing, but watching him in this match and then just the tie-ins between him and Flair and the longest reigning Ring of Honor World Television Champion. There's all these little nuggets that they kind of threw in there that I was like, Jay Lethal's had a fucking run for the kid from Elizabeth, New Jersey. He has. That's like Jay Lethal's always like always been right at the cuffs of being world champion, similar to Monty Brown. He never really got that moment in TNA, and Monty Brown's just done. But Jay Lethal still is going. Hopefully, one day he does get that moment to be the real world champion, like he did with Ring of Honor for a very short period of time. What do you? Why did you equate those two? Is because they're both black? Where did that come from? Where did Monty Brown come feel like, from? Because Monty Brown, I feel like, was where Jay Lethal is right now. Like Monty Brown was always like right in that world title picture where we feel like he could do it. He could have this. We had that biggest match of all time with him and Jeff Jarrett for the world's championship, and Jeff Jarrett wins because Jeff Jarrett always wins because Jeff Jarrett's the best. It's my world. So. Yes, it's his world. It's my world all the time. It's the best fucking theme song in wrestling because Jeff Jarrett knows wrestling. But, just, but Monty Brown, and I, like, I, I, and I don't, I know you just meant that as a throwaway line. But Monty Brown was a former football player who just kind of showed up, learned how to wrestle, and he was a good fit in TNA. They built him up to be a main eventer. He probably should have won the the title at one point, but. Jay Lethal's got some mileage, dude. Jay Lethal's been wrestling on the indies, and Jay, Jay Lethal wasn't born 6'2", 250 like Monty Brown was. Like, Jay Lethal should not fit in any sort of main event. Ric Flair even told him that. You're, you're, you're an opening match kind of guy. So to see Lethal in this match, and actually it worked. I was very, like, proud of him for some reason. Like, this is the guy that I watched with no gimmick whatsoever in the early days of TNA. And then they were they tried to find anything for him, and then he became the macho man. And then they had Sanjay Dutt become the guru. Like, these two guys who, like, really were so disposable, like, in the grandscape of wrestling, hung around and became something. So this was very inspiring. Jeff Jarrett, it's so funny. Out of all the people... I feel like these other three outshine Jarrett. Four people. Karen. Karen was outstanding in this match. Uh, but Flair did a good job. I think his purple outfit was a little like was a little bit of a poor choice. Just wear black. Black is the slimming color, not purple. Uh, and it was a really lengthy match. I like the amount of time that they gave it. And that Andre Andrade can work his ass off, dude. I think he's got a big future. He absolutely does have a big future. Jay Lethal still has a good future ahead of him. Jim, what I got, Jeff Jarrett can work so well. And what I loved is earlier in the show, we had this really good promo segment where we had Jeff Jarrett, his dad, and Jerry the King Lawler just talking shit, just running shit down of Ric Flair and how much he's just a failure and that this match is just a big moment for Jeff Jarrett to prove the chosen one is the man he can beat. Ric Flair finally had this big moment of the real horseman that is Jeff Jarrett. Andrade is only 32 years old. Like, we're so ready for him to be the top of a company. I think I, he needs to go back to WWE. What is this AEW contract running up? Is Tony Did Tony buy him for 10 years as well? 
It probably is another five-year deal, and right now him and Roosh are going to be facing the Lucha Bros tomorrow. Like, we're putting him to tag division, which is fine, but, like, yeah, he needs to be world champion at least one time in AEW. I don't prove. even know if it's in AEW. I feel like that title doesn't mean shit anymore since CM Punk won it. We need to get him in the WWE. Triple H is in charge now. We can finally all admit AEW sucks. We're like Nathan. We're like Tyler. We're like you. We all hate that shit. It's, it's WWE number one. Impact number two, New Japan number three, and then a very distant fourth is MLW. And then in fifth, it's AEW. And I would say GCW is ahead of AEW. There's like some good matches AEW has, like good moments, but it's not as big as GCW with them having Art of War games too, which is going to be amazing. AEW has a shitty fucking, oh, we're going to have blood and guts. That's nothing compared to Art of War games. Art of War, GCW kind of sucks. Do you like it because it's it feels like it's yours? Like it's it, like like how I, it's just dirtier and grungier and it feels like it's yours. Is that why you like it? It feels like, yeah, like I'm finding these guys, yeah, they're in the independent scene, they're getting these moments, these spots, they get a lot of people can get like coming to this independent show, but like seeing some of them starting off and being here like a Blake Christian who's never really gotten that chance and David just releases him and people like Mance Warner who David would never, ever hire, no, but yeah. we have him here in GCW working MLW, working these promotions that are like indies and AEW finally has for at least a match well three matches technically but like yeah he's not been signed anywhere and he probably never will be signed anywhere so he's working making money getting that pay window being the greatest southern wrestler right now that's what what the greatest southern wrestler cody not better than cody i'd say Matt warner is better than cody is he is he southern isn't he from virginia i yeah it's like the southern part of virginia so technically <laughs> so very he's the southern. greatest wrestler he's in southern, southern virginia pack. Where's Mance Warner from? Because I watched Mance Warner on that CZW like greatest of, uh, and yeah, he he put on a good match. I didn't. I thought that was from a long time ago. I didn't realize that was like a recent match that I had watched. Mance Warner is. Let's see, uh, he's he's wrestling on the independent. He competed this. It doesn't say early career. Let's see, early career. He he debuted at age Indiana. It says here that he wrestled there. He wrestled in Georgia. They don't say like, oh, he's from Tennessee. Okay, so yeah, that's the South. Okay, he he's built from Bucksnort, Tennessee. That sounds fake, but um, yeah, he's not the greatest Southern wrestler, Gino. JBL. Oh my gosh, Texas Forever Seven. Jonathan Gresham. I John the JBL is a great Texas wrestler, but he's not currently active. So again, active, current, currently active Southern wrestler. Matt's Warner number one, then Cody number two. Better than Gresham. Yes, he's better than Gresham, I gotta say. Oh I my gosh. Gresham, but you, Mance Warner, he's the best. You love Jonathan Gresham. How dare you even say that? I can't. What about Andrade? He's a better Southern wrestler. I that he is an amazing wrestler as well. But I and especially like his match Jar Gargano, which I feel Jar Gargano really made that match the five star classic that Dave Meltzer gave it, which I feel was an amazing match. It was both of them. It. it takes two to do that. Gorka. Yes, it does, but Jar Gargano pushed it up to the Dalton Castle. Star. Dalton is another really good wrestler, but like it's, he's, he's there because the boys, the boys help make him better. He's from New York. He doesn't count. Daniel Garcia. Yeah, Daniel Garcia is also very entertaining. The Red Death. He's entertaining. He's all about the entertainers, and he's going to be the future of AEW as an entertainer. 
Uh, who else is from the South? Yeah, Mance Warner is not even top ten Southern wrestlers. That's mean. Can't believe you said that out loud. He's not even as good as like everybody from. There's got to be ten better Southern wrestlers. AJ Styles. He's from the South. Okay, you know he is like up there. AJ Styles actually is the best wrestler of all time right now. Right, all time, right now. I like all time, right that. now. AJ Styles number all one. time, Brian, right number now. Two. Josh Alexander. Josh Alexander, like I don't know, he's up there. He's from Canada. He needs to you know. get some more years in. He's from but Canada. Here's so we're talking against Southern wrestling. Joe Doring. Joe Doring. This he's in all Japan. Diener. Right there, all Japan. Diener. Diener's not getting there. He's slowly gonna get up there. But what we gotta talk about? We don't know where Matt. Trevor Murdoch. Trevor. Cade was better. But the big thing, and no one like Trevor. Brody Murdoch. King. Now you see that Brody King, another good wrestler. Another names. really good ROH wrestler. Where's the Moss from? Isn't he from, like, Arkansas? No, I don't believe he's he's from actual other country. I think he's from the Uganda. I, I don't know if that's like this is Gimigri actually was born there, built there legitimately. But, like, a wrestler who we don't know who where he's from, and I'm actually very interested, is Mads Kruger, because I do feel Mads Kruger is better than Mads Born. Whoa, so I can't Mads believe you Kruger said that. Now I'm gonna have to defend you Mads don't like Warner. Mads. You I love don't Mads, like Mads Kerr. I remember, dude. Come on, MLW is fantastic. So are you watching more MLW now too? Like, are you just so back into wrestling? I'm starting to watch MLW more. Yeah, like when I saw that they just decided, hey, we're gonna upload the Weapon of Mass Destruction match. I've watched that two times. It's oh, so two times, you know, and, and no cover letters to show for it. I'd get no cover letters, but yeah, two times in like a week I watched this match because it was that good because it was Jacob Fought two and Matt Kruger two of the best MLW have right now. Alex Hammerstone, he's number three. He's number one. Hammerstone one. Holiday two by far. Holiday rules. And at least you had two. It's actually getting better. So I think we covered it. You know, this was so niche. Everybody wonders how niche are we going to get. We ran down Ric Flair's last match way more than I intended to tonight. Uh, and then, yeah, I, I look, Raw's different, okay? So NXT was different. Nikita Lyon is now on the main roster as a tag team wrestler. Uh, this is going to be fun going forward. So... Uh, and yeah, we'll watch some more MLW. I've even pondered about moving us to Thursday so we have more time to watch some of these other wrestling shows during the week. Uh, but we'll talk about that in the future. But I think we covered it. Any final things, Gino? Any non-Mats Kruger-related final things? Well, if I can't talk about the future that is Mats Kruger, I guess I could talk about how just amazing this WWE is going to become in the next few weeks where we are going to find out who the final two tag teams are going to be that hopefully are going to be facing each other at clash at the castle where we then will determine actually i don't think that could happen because yeah because we had the six woman tag match too so i'm just looking forward to seeing where this is gonna go because i'm curious what we're gonna do and if like at the end whoever wins we're gonna have the face off with the real champs naomi and sasha yeah i have a feeling naomi and sasha are coming back i think I, that's i haven't seen them do anything else i think that that seems kind of the obvious they're just gonna come back in and have the belts and we're going to have a title match at some point so of course that's just fantasy booking with triple h at the helm because tony i always say this about tony khan aew is going to be forever relying on somebody to return or somebody to debut like from outside the company dexter loomis coming back to wwe isn't that big of a deal but it feels like it's a big deal because wwe hasn't had those moments in a long time same with dakota kai the fact that people are like what an amazing SummerSlam!" dakota kai was there is like that that's all she did was show up and people are like oh my gosh this show is way better than it used to be like people are freaking out when people just 
Karrion Cross shows up. Like, there's a new vibe in WWE where who's going to show up tonight? I have no idea. This is crazy. This is insane. So why not have a big moment with Sasha and Naomi coming back with the belts? And I think that'll be a lot of fun. So plenty more niche wrestling to get into. I'll be back tomorrow night, as will Gino, for the whole fucking show. It's going to be an amazing time. Dynamite's going to be awesome tomorrow. I love Dynamite. Wednesdays are so fun. Like, Tuesdays are my long day at work. Then we do, and then I do two discussions on Tuesday nights. So Wednesdays, I'm just in a positive mood all day because we get to watch AEW Dynamite. And then Kev, be cool, and I run down the hottest headlines in wrestling history, uh, at least for the week. It's going to be fun, and it, it's going to be different, you know? Triple H is in charge, so I think TWFS is going to be different, Gino. What do you say? I feel like everything's going to be different in the pro wrestling world. Everything's changing. Everything's getting better. Some people may say it's getting worse, but I feel like this is the moment where we are getting more independent, more NXT guys being on TV, and people see just how good these guys really are finally on the main screen. It's just yes. exciting. Gargano, he didn't go anywhere because he knew it was, it was coming, bro. Gargano, Candice, uh, Indy, they're all still there. The way it's coming to the WWE main roster. Theory's going to be champion. Gargano's going to help him. He's going to manage his son. This is going to be a good time. So we'll do that all tomorrow. Thank you guys so much for coming in and hanging out. Have a good fucking night, folks. I can't wait.